along this world. Podcasts fill the streets. It's up to two men bring order to the chaos. everyone welcome to hardcasters um that was a very polite opening for such a, a, a an aggressively named podcast we are the action podcast that sees a window not as a, a way to lacerate our body and bleed out but as a viable escape route i'm dominic Deplom, and i'm joined by dick visage hello how are you i'm very good all the better for watching the film that you recommended, which we teased at the end of last week's podcast. Uh, why don't you tell our, uh, I don't know, listener, that uh, what um, what we've been up to, what we've watched, and what we're going to spend the next 30 to 60 minutes waffling on about. It could be 10 hours that we have to edit down, to be fair. but you know, Yes, this is going to be an epic one. Um, so I suggested, obviously, that we, we, we've, we've covered a few of the... 80s action stars, but obviously one glaring omission um, mm. was Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. And my particular favourite Van Damme, I probably is my, in the top two, because I remember one of the first Van Damme films I saw, that and Kickboxer, was mm-hmm. um, a film called Death Warrant. Yeah. Which, uh, the, ta- the, the cover of the film looks very nondescript, it's just him in a vest, but it's yeah. basically Van Damme's prison film. Most action heroes tend to have a film where they're either in prison for part of it or for the whole duration. Mm. Um, Stallone had two, he had Tango and Cash and uh, Lock Up. Mm-hmm. Um, Schwarzenegger, I would argue, The Running Man's his prison film, but all the big action kind of film styles had that kind of prison film. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I, I had not seen this. In all my years as, a, as an action fan, I had never seen Death Warrant. And I think I came to Van Damme... Um, a friend of mine was kind of well. There was a kind of parallel interest, and he really liked Bloodsport, and I really liked AWOL. Or I think we maybe watched AWOL together, um, or AKA Lionheart. And those are our introductions. And then, obviously, you know, you you graduate to things like Hard Target and uh, Double Impact and stuff like that. But for some reason, just Death Warrant, I'd never got round to seeing. Um, and I think it's because whenever I'd seen clips from it, whenever I'd seen stuff from that, the action in of itself didn't seem that exciting. But I think what Death Warrant's real gift is, is everything between the action. Because the fight scenes are, are fairly standard Van Damme fight scenes. Yep. yep. But it's everything else going on the film that is um, exciting. So I'm, I'm going to... I don't think about how to structure this. I'm going to talk about what I immediately reacted to yep. in my first viewing. And then you can kind of be my York notes on this uh, as the kind of more, more, more seasoned veteran of this film. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yep. And kind of explain things, add your perspective. So the first thing I, I, that immediately made me chuckle to myself, we're, we're firstly, this is, this is written by David Goyer. Mm who went on to write Blade and a whole host of superhero films and a bunch of other things. Um, and I wouldn't say, I think this must, obviously this is early in his career chronologically, but you can tell because it's not got the most sparkling dialogue. In the opening sequence, um, which is the pre-prison bit where Van Damme is shown 
actually working as a cop um, in a kind of street that's kind of lit with blue and red. It kind of looks like an 80s music video. Yeah. And it's very, um, very cliched. I mean, I think the first line out of his mouth is something along the lines of um, he's in there and going in and someone goes, wait for backup. No, I can't. You know, the, the usual stuff. But the thing that made me laugh was when um, the person on the end of the radio says, for God's sakes, this is not Canada, it's LA, there are rules here. And I was like, so you're saying that Canada, <laughs> the the kind of picturesque, you know, kind of America, what it could be, yeah. is the lawless hellhole in comparison to 90s Los Angeles. Yeah, the early 90s as well, when everything looked yeah. horrendous. When everything's on yeah. fire. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was just like, okay. <laughs> Christ knows what Canada was like in the early 90s. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the, my, my immediate kind of theory is the guy on the other end had been on holiday to Canada and just had a really awful trip. Like, he just saw the worst bits. He was probably um, queuing but, at an airport or something. Everyone kept pushing in. And he's like, there's no rules yeah. here. <laughs> What's going yeah, on? Yeah, there's no rules here, yeah. Obviously, it's just a bit of exposition, a way of getting in and explaining Van Damme's accent, um, which, uh, you know, there, there always seems to be that thing with a lot of movies where you've got either Schwarzenegger or Van Damme of explaining why this guy with an accent is a Los Angeles cop. But weirdly, later on, they explain that he's from Quebec and he's actually kind of been involved in some of the more mountainous policing, I think they suggest, which kind of makes sense for that earlier line. But they do it in reverse. They could have just waited to that scene to explain it. But anyway, I enjoyed that. So he, he's, he's, we join him as he's bringing in um, the Sandman. Yep. Great villain. Who is Great. not Adam Sandler. It is a uh, a giant man uh, played by an actor called Patrick Kilpatrick. Patrick Kilpatrick, who you'll see in loads of things. He, he normally pops up as a heavy or a henchman or or, or a cop, um, but like one of the squad rather than one of the main characters. Um, I think he's in a uh, Last Man Standing with Bruce Willis, um, and he's a serial killer. So it's a Van Damme versus serial killer thing. Uh, he shoots him and kind of brings him in. There's there's a a very atmospheric, kind of very horror-esque kind of opening sequence, which, apart from the clunky dialogue, is really effective. Mm. And then we cut to a montage sequence of Van Damme entering... Now, I couldn't work out whether this was City Hall or a police office, because he seems to know everyone there. And everyone's so looks happy like to City see Hall him. And so happy to see him. As well. Everyone's so happy. He's, he's high-fiving people mm. and laughing... And it's got the the classic kind of musical beat, a really up tempo music with like synth horns. Yeah, um, it's the same kind of track they use if they ever they want to cut to a street of a shot of L.A. or or, or New York, but kind of like the the bustling busyness of it all, a kind of funky beat. It happens in Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home when they cut to modern day San Francisco. It cuts to this god awful, just some guy, you know bopping away on a, on a on a piano i think the only thing that could have made that sequence more perfect and more happy is if they just put walking on sunshine to it it's literally that that good but this 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 place is ornate i mean he goes into an office and it looks like kind of Calig- caligula's bathroom yeah so I'm, i think it must be city hall but i don't know why it's in an office kind of, of smiling at everyone yeah and, and yeah it's such a contrast to the opening scene when it's all horrible and mm. it's gone from you know, like basically like an, a, a horror film, like a 
you know, like a mm. Freddy Krueger-esque nightmare scenario with, like, kids' toys everywhere covered in blood, and it's really yeah. dark. And then it goes to, this, like and, you say, this synth wonderland of marble. It's bizarre. Yeah, and, so, and the reason why he goes in and doesn't wait for backup, he's, he says, and again, in the opening kind of chunk of dialogue is, this guy killed my partner, and... But then, like, yeah, a few moments later, he was skipping around. He also, I forgot to mention, within the first kind of 30 seconds, um, Karate kicks three thugs who just decide to jump him. And so there's a lot going on in that opening scene. They're establishing his accent. They're establishing he knows martial arts. They're establishing he's a, he's a renegade. They're establishing that his partner's dead. And then they go to... And so I will say this for this film. It doesn't... Fuck about. They get him into prison straight away. He has one meeting where a bunch of guys basically say to him, you can do undercover, can't you? Yeah. Do you want to go into prison? All right, then. And then he's, that's it. Yep. You know, there's no, there's no debate. There's no back and forth. Now, what does happen here, and I, I, I kind of spotted this, is there's a, there's a woman there. And uh, so there's all these kind of gruff, you know, federal agents, talk, you know, uh, talking and Van Damme immediately looks at this woman and goes, who's she? And someone says, oh, he, he, you know, she works for me. And then basically they establish that she is going to be posing as his wife um, and going to be visiting him. And there's just this kind of weird atmosphere immediately created where you think, this is going to be, he's going to have sex with her, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he immediately kind of looks at her like, oh, God. Um, and now, spoiler alert, he does. But again, that's kind of weird, but we'll get to that in a bit um so immediately shows up in prison now this is the other thing i want to to bring up i'm no expert on undercover stuff and obviously my experience of undercover work is purely from um watching other movies okay but i understood and i I might be totally wrong that undercover work consisted of more than just going somewhere because that's the only like he doesn't even change his name. He uses his same name, same accent. He goes to prison, a I imagine mid twenties to late twenties French Canadian white man with a neat haircut and a, an athletic physique, pretending to be an armed robber. Um, and it's just like, and that, that that's it. That's the, the limits of his police work. He doesn't. There's no research. There's no attempt. Uh, you know, it's just such like, oh, undercover, you, we just grab any old fucker and put them somewhere else. Yeah. Um, you knew I, I was, straight away he's asking for trouble. You knew yes. he's going to go tits up here straight away. Cause, yeah. And he doesn't need karate kick someone pretty much straight away as well. So he's not even um, attempting to be, uh, you know, keep his low profile. Someone has a go oh, no, no. doesn't know and he roundhouse kicks him in the middle of the cafeteria. Yeah, yeah, he's... A guy gets threatened with a with a with a plastic fork, like it's not even threatening, because um, they, they he holds the fork to his neck, and I thought that's plastic. They oh maybe they just did that for safety, and then Van Dam grabs it and snaps it. So it's like oh no, they knew they knew it was plastic. How was he going to stab him with that? And then this is at the this is at the, the the queue for the food as a scuffle breaks out. But rather than just like a few punches, he does a full flying roundhouse at this guy. Now the prison itself must be one of the most inconsistently managed facilities I've ever seen because on the one hand it's shown as this um absolute hellhole the 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 warden is this kind of gruff 
flesh brick of a man who's incredibly racist and likes to kind of fuck with people. He does this when he drops a peanut on the floor or shell, and then if someone picks it up, he hits them. Yeah. And then that's another funny moment is that he then moves along to Van Damme and drops the nutshell, and Van Damme doesn't pick up the nut, and he's like, oh, respect. And he's like, <laughs> it's a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, how hard uh, um, no nutshell but then, for him. And it's this sense that obviously, you know, Van Damme's a cop in this maximum security place. There's going to be murder, you know, uh, uh, around every corner. And like I say, he he he's immediately targeted by the crew that he you know he insults by fighting. But then when he goes to the kind of African African American wing of the prison, they all just seem to have their cells open and be chilling out, smoking weed, and they're making bullets for a gun. Mm. And there doesn't seem to be any guards around there. He he says that he needs to to kind of talk with someone. And suddenly he's then got the job mopping the floor in that particular part of the building. So it seems like you can choose the jobs that you want. Um, then when his wife or this poor old, poor woman who he must share exchange about three. So oh no, once at the meeting he then talks to her outside where he's vaguely dismissive of her abilities. Then he has one meeting with her in prison, and the next time he meets her, basically the, the, the thuggish warden takes her off to the side and makes her strip. Which, again, I don't know really why that's there. Well, I do know why that's there, but it, it doesn't serve any narrative purpose. But they're obviously messing with her to mess with Van Damme. But then she gets to visit him in a Winnebago. A very well, nicely lit Winnebago. So you know yeah, they're going to have sex because they've got like nice lighting through the windows, nice curtains, and the lighting changes. So you think, oh, hang on, hang on. Yeah. And I think this guy, Van Damme, up until that point has been, in, has been stripped naked and put in isolation. So when they get him out of the thing and he's handcuffed onto the, on a cold concrete floor in the dark, covered in bruises and blood, naked, and they go, all right, up you get. We're going to leave you for 20 minutes in a Winnebago with your wife. Do whatever you like. And it's just like, well, hang on. Where's the security here? And obviously they have sex. But again, it's this weird thing of he's talked to her like two or three times. And been really shitty with her as well. Basically told her to fuck off. I can't work out how long he's supposed to have been in prison. Are we saying he's that horny? Like, (laughs) he's not been in there for years. It's not like he's not seen a woman in ages. He's been in there for like, you know, three, four days, a week tops. And she comes in, he's all over her. And then she's like, oh, well, I better, better have sex with him. There's no conflict of interest there. So um, it, that's more there just to fulfil a quote. But then they don't, but I'd say that to fulfil a quota. They don't even show the sex scene. So it's not like it's there so they can draw people in with nudity. There's no nudity in this. Um, not even from Van Damme. Um, he doesn't show his ass, does he? No, he doesn't. Which is a, which is a, is a rare, uh, if, you know, if we were to consider Van Damme as an auteur, um, his ass is like Kubrick's single point perspective. You could probably have you seen that video on YouTube of all the single point perspectives from Kubrick's thing? I think they should do one just of um, I, I think Van you Dan's should ass. do one. You should do one. That's your job I, for I, next week. Well, actually, I you know, I've already got one. Who am I kidding? Um, uh, so yeah, and then but but basically, the whole plot revolves around, and this is where it gets quite dark, and this is where it is interesting. They're harvesting prisoners. They're killing prisoners and harvesting harvesting them for their organs to sell off to rich people. And that's quite a good plot. Um, but in doing his investigating, Van Damme comes up against a whole bunch of weird people. My favourite being 
the 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 lizard man in the in the depths of the prison. And that just comes out of nowhere. That scene comes yeah. completely out of the blue, and you're like, "Whoa, hang on." Yeah. So there's there's this there's this underground part of the prison which none of the guards go to, and I'm like, "Well, why? That's surely a prison guards have to go everywhere." Um, and you expect in this terrible place, if there was a entire floor of the prison that you know no guards were going to be in, that prisoners could walk to freely, that would be an underground fight ring. It would be all sorts of crap going on. It's not. It's simply uh, a kind of Richard O'Brien with long fingernails and contact lenses um, surrounded by uh, either trans or transvestite male prisoners. So either male prisoners dressed as women or male prisoners uh, identifying as women who seem to be both the lizard man's lover, lovers, but he also kind of offers them out as prostitutes. Um, And so this guy seems to have control over this area and it's all very kind of lit weirdly and there's kind of plastic sheeting hanging down. It's like it's his own domain. Mm. And yeah, it's... uh, But what I think is quite interesting is previous films we've looked at where every female character has a a job where they're either it's a bartender slash Mm. stripper slash hooker. And this Mm. film, obviously, that the female love interest is is kind of a lawyer playing his wife, but she's never hinted at as being anything sordid. But they seem to get around that Mm. by throwing this scene in there. And it it doesn't feel anything else other to make it like, actually, sex den. Like, let's get that in there now. But what I will say as well is the fact that there's one female character in this whole film and she not only does not only does Van Damme have sex with her after two or three conversations, but every other scene she's in is where she's working with a a teenage computer whiz who does not stop trying to bang her. He's constantly. So she's this kind of and her entire demeanor is just like, oh, again, so I don't know, she must have let off some pheromones because everyone's just trying to kind of have sex with her uh, at any given point. Um, so, yeah, female characters don't particularly fare particularly well in this. Um, now, I will say this. I was expecting this movie beyond the... the well, I was expecting this scene to, this film to be a lot more homoerotic than it was, okay? Now, we I, I mentioned to you before that uh, I'd been kind of immersing myself in action movie soundtracks. Mm. One of the reasons to get kind of interested and get G'd up for doing this podcast. Um, and uh, so I checked out the Death Warrant soundtrack by a composer called Gary Chang, who also did um, Under Siege and uh, Miami Blues with Alec Baldwin, which is not technically an action film, but it's a very, very good movie. Um, and what I noticed about the, the, the track titles uh, of the Death Warrant soundtrack um, made me think, oh, hang on, this is overtly sexualized. So the first track is main theme. Fair enough. Standard. Track, track number two is entitled, I've Got a Large PP." Now, I can't, for the life of me, place where that song would go. Because at no point does that ever come up in conversation. So who named that, I've Got a Large PP." Track three is You're Getting Wet. Tra- uh, track four is Doctor's Checkup. But 
after those first two feels like the name of a kind of porn sequence. But the Doctor's um, Jacob is in prison, so it could, you know, it could turn well, dodgy. Uh, shower with a Sandman, Konensky gets it, conjugal visit. So there's lots of stuff in there that I was thinking, oh my God, this is going to be a super erotically charged movie. They all sound you know a bit what? like um, sitcoms, British sitcoms from the 70s. Like yeah. con- conjugal visits, <laughs> that could have been like yes. a Terry Scott sitcom. Yeah. Gurney yeah. his way through that one. Um, but you know what? I will give this film point. It doesn't really go the whole um, prison rape angle. There's no, there's no real sexualized threat. Uh, I think there might be a couple of references. There is one. In, his, yes, his cellmate at the start. Yes, is very creepy, and I think yeah. uh, his initiation for a new cellmate is either pay money or perform a sexual act. So, yes, and Van Damme's just like no. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm doing that. And he goes, all right, and, and then they're friends. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he does threaten him, but um, so uh, points for that. They they didn't go the obvious route of of um of anything like that. So oh, yeah. yeah. Where this eventually come comes to a head is that um, uh, the Sandman, the big serial killer that Van Damme believed he killed in the opening scene, is introduced to the prison populace, identifies Van Damme as a cop, and all hell breaks loose. And Van Damme, bear in mind, the, the prison guards who are implicit in the organ harvesting thing are against him, knowing him as a cop. All the inmates are against him, so it's him against everyone. Yeah. Um, and what this basically comes down to is a fight scene between Van Damme and the Sandman, which is, uh, you know, uh, as good a Van Damme fight as any. Um, and it, it comes to a particular head where they're at the bottom of this prison thing and all the kind of uh, balconies have all these prisoners lined up on them and they're all cheering for the Sandman as Van Damme's kind of, you know, slow motion reverse roundhousing him. There is a point, as in all Van Damme films, where the Sandman rips off Van Damme's shirt so that he's, he's shirtless. And what happens towards the end, and again, I don't want to be spoiling stuff, but there's a big furnace in this prison and Van Damme flying kick. Basically, the, the Sandman opens the furnace and turns around to Van Damme and stands in front of the furnace. And then Van Damme starts running at him. And then the Sandman's face is almost like, oh, hang on. <laughs> I'm stood in front of a furnace. He's flying kicking me. He doesn't move. He just suddenly realizes, like, this is the worst place to be standing. And Van Damme kicks him into the furnace. Yep. Yeah. Oh, don't silly me. What a, what a silly sausage. He seemingly burns to death, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Van Damme walks away in slow motion and he leaps back out of the flames in a kind of slasher killer return to life moment. And then Van Damme kicks him and he immediately dies. Uh, he flies back and gets kind of caught on something and then he gets one last word out. And it kind of feels like he, if he's coming back out of the flames, you might as well do something a bit more than just immediately die. But then, despite the fact that everyone in that prison is chanting uh, Sandman, Sandman, when Van Damme has finished him off, he walks through all the prisoners. And the prisoner's like, oh no, let him through. Let him through. He's earned our respect now. He's a cop who's put us here. He's just killed the guy we're chanting. But let him free. It's fine. Um, And that's pretty much where the film ends. Um, So there's, there's lots of... Really bizarre and interesting stuff. There's some good stuff in there. It's always very atmospheric. The fights are good. 
the, the prison is kind of this heightened fantasy prison. It's not, as we've said, meant to be realistic. But it's not like just unrealistic because someone didn't do their research. They've used that to kind of make it a more interesting place. There's plenty of stuff for him to get interested in, get up to. The plot is quite good. I think the villain's um, great. I really like the Sandman as a villain because it's it suggested yeah. that throughout the film, he's, he's again, it's going back to this kind of slasher 80s bogeyman who kind of keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. And I think watching it in the eight, late 80s, early 90s on VHS, I, I was trying to think mm. of it last night when I watched the DVD. I think after he's gone up the stairs, I thought there was a scene where it cuts back to where the Sandman was supposed to have died, and you just hear him mm. laughing in the background to suggest that he's still yeah. alive. And I'm sure that's what I saw when I you first watched it a couple of times. And I remember watching and thinking, where's that scene then? Where's that scene? So I don't know yeah. if they cut it for a DVD audience or they just got rid of it. Possibly, or yeah. They've edited it down. But I think it suggested that this Sandman is kind of a supernatural being, which I think mm. is quite interesting to chuck into an action film. Um I would have liked to have seen a bit yeah. more cat and mouse with the Sandman in the prison. I think he yeah. could, could possibly be introduced earlier into the prison, especially if you've I'll got all the level of stuff going I on. was confused because there's a bit where the Doctor, who is played by the grumpy upstairs neighbour from Friends, mm. um, is burned to death in his cell. And I was convinced, because you don't see the guy who burns him to death, and I thought the guy who burned him to death was the Sandman. Yeah. It's heavily but then implied that it is, isn't it, as well? It yeah, sounds which like suggests it. he's already there, but then it's it's kind of claimed he's introduced to the... Mm. So I, I didn't get that bit, but... Um, yeah, there's plenty of good stuff in this. It's um, it's by no means a harrowing account of what prison life is really like. Um, and it, you know, it, it tries to... It's a, it's a much darker Van Damme film... Um, and one would suspect if anyone other than Van Damme was in it, it would be a considerably darker film. Um, but as it is, it's kind of camp and colourful and weird um, and fun. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it goes at a really nice pace as well. It goes, it rockets through it does, 88 yeah, minutes, it I think to. it is. It just, it just kind of rockets through. Yeah. Like I say before you know it, you're at that end fight scene um, with the Sandman. But again, yeah. like we said before, with Dark Angel, they did, again it's in a prison, but they find the boiler house, so they find that kind of classic industrial yeah. setting to end the film at, and it's again, it's, yeah. it's almost it's possibly suggesting it's Nightmare on Elm Street slasher s, but again, it's like let's where can we end it? Make sure they go to a boiler room needs to be a boiler room. So I think that was the, you know, the goal to yeah, end absolutely. the Hollywood film in the 80s slash early 90s. Get in the boiler room. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, um, well worth well worth uh, the time I spent watching it. Well worth it. Now I'm going to go into the keywords. Um, last week we watched Dark Angel and uh, so uh, Calico has been successfully added to IMDb keywords. I... I, I I couldn't really get University of Suck My Dick in there because uh, it would have flagged dick as a swear word. So I've got reference to university in there, which I kind of like because it, it would suggest something academic. And I like the fact that it's not. So that's a little surprise for people. So the keywords for death warrant um, 
I'm quite looking forward to. So now, see, it says here in the keywords, surprise ending. Okay. So I wonder whether that refers to um, what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> someone's called it an independent film. Not sure if it is. Racist prison guard, yes. Uh, kickboxing, male nudity, which I don't particularly remember. Well, and I'd know because I was... Yeah. I was very carefully looking out for Mary. <laughs> um, um, yeah, fist fight, stabbing, blood, torture, hero, kicked in the chest, punched in the chest, punched in the ribs. Someone's put karate and karate chop. Wise crack humor. Don't remember there being that many jokes in there. Um, kissing while having sex. You know, it, it, uh, Van Damme is nothing if not a gentle lover. Um, uh, there's someone shot in the back, shot in the arm, shot in the leg, shot in the shoulder. Um, heavy rain, um, which is a nice kind of thing. Brawl, fight. Yeah, all the generic stuff. Sniper, rifle, bare-chested male. Um, <laughs> race relations. I mean, that sounds optimistic. I don't think much is done. <laughs> no, it's, it's very, um, it's very um, at a low ebb in this film. Yeah. Very, very low ebb. Uh, booby trap. Um yeah, there's nothing in here that's particularly uh, over top. So I mentioned shower. Now, someone's put in here premarital sex. So they clearly, you know, felt it was necessary to establish that the sex in the Winnebago was um, premarital. Well, I, I, I think um, they were barely dating, to be fair. So I think, you know. I mean, yeah, I think that's worth pointing out. And male objectification. Um, someone felt very strongly that, that men were being uh objective so let's go in and i'm going to do this um live so what other keywords do we think need to go in there um um large pp because clearly the soundtrack alludes to it i need to dig through the film again um, yeah but obviously that it's it's so highly ranked on the, uh, the soundtrack that i think you know that the keywords need to allude to that yeah uh i, I wonder whether um uh, what? How could you put reference to Canada? Canada being dangerous as a as a um, as a key word. Lawless Canada might be one. Um, I'm going to put. I think lizard man is too is 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 misinforming people. And I think you're about right. I think you're about right there because that's the that's what you, you impression that like a snake like yep. I think put that in there. Okay, so I'm going to put in Lizard Man. <laughs> Large PP. <laughs> and uh, dangerous. Can you, uh, can you put an exclamation mark with Dangerous Canada just to warn people that clearly, you know, yeah. don't go. thinking could we do another movie with Van Damme where he gets sent somewhere mm. but the only thing I could think of not because I think it's the only option but just because I couldn't get past this was because I thought it was funny not because it would make a good action film necessarily but him getting sent to a campsite <laughs> and being forced to work undercover as like a, an entertainment manager like a red coat Brilliant. so it's basically Van Damme in Heidi High <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. basically. Um, which I'm not ruling out because that could be fun. But then something you you said earlier about all action stars having their go to prison movie. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, well, actually, what about actors who either haven't done it or did it much later in their careers? Like Seagal didn't do it until <clears throat> he was in his kind of straight to video era. Right. Yeah, yeah. So could we not do an ensemble piece where instead of doing a film for Van Damme today, we could do a film for the other action stars who didn't get their prison okay, movie? Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. What, what were you thinking? So I was thinking, <clears throat> I always think that it's difficult with Van Damme films because he, he certainly later on in his career, he made so many mm. that I, I kind of see the title, but I don't really know the plot. So I was thinking what we could mm. do is go through his back catalogue, pick a film, and then just from the title of the film, we just repitch a new idea based on that title and then compare okay. the plot. Let's do that then. I like that idea because I think uh, the 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 it, having multiple characters <clears throat> in a film would get too. We, we wouldn't. We'd have to spend a whole podcast mm. um, doing that. Let me read. Through, I'll read through the ones that I don't know very well. Okay. And then if you pick out one that you don't know as well. So now, firstly, this one, this one isn't technically a Van Damme film. It, uh, this is the one where he's, I believe, in the background. Um, where he's credited as Gay Karate Man. Um, and the title is Monaco Forever, which <laughs> is great. Um, so uh, there's, of his initial kind of run, there's Black Eagle, yeah. which, you know, I know, but isn't as well known. The Quest, which I think is the one with Roger Moore in say it. Is that one, Roger Moore? Uh, Replicant, which I've seen. And there is a scene in that where uh, so Van Damme is basically plays like a clone who finds out he's a clone, not That's six day right. kind of like he's all he's almost got like an infanty kind of style, and he um, jizzes in his pants in one scene. He's wearing joggers and he um, prematurely ejaculates, and you see the the little stain. It's it's a weird moment. Wake of Death. <clears throat> now, I like the sound of that because I like the idea of there being some kind of fight scene at a wake. <laughs> Like at a funeral. Yeah. Um, now he does like Van Damme to have the word "death" in his title of his film. So yes. Got Wake of Death, Death Warrant. Yeah. Now sudden death popped into my head because I was thinking about this in a week. Now sudden death popped into my head because because he's European. Yeah. Could we do a Van Damme film where it's he's a footballer, like a, a soccer player? Yes. And sudden death refers to a penalty shootout at the end of the game. Mm. And maybe he's undercover as a, as a soccer player in Europe. And we could do lots of, certainly in the early 90s, maybe not so much now, but certainly in the early 90s, American film goers didn't, couldn't understand what fo- soccer or football was. So they just had kind of, just did the right yes. version of it. So could we play around with that a little bit? So it's a kind of, so I imagine it kind of like, um, uh, a football meets rollerball. Can it can it be a future sport? Yes. So there has been kind of like at the start of Last Boy Scout, there is a uh, uh, a team captain or quarterback in this new future sport mm-hmm. who is killed mid game, mm-hmm. and Van Dam <clears throat> plays a uh, uh, an anti corruption cop 
who obviously anti-corruption cops need to be trained in martial arts. Yeah, of course. Who joins this team mm. uh, in order to rise up the ranks and work out why that quarterback was killed. Yeah. Right. So let's let's start with the important stuff. I'm going to say he's got he's a cop. He's divorced. Mm. He loves his kid. Mm-hmm. And he's on speaking terms with the wife because the reason he got divorced is he had a gambling addiction to sports. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that got him kind of demoted and pay's not very good. His wife's not really able to support herself. So money's really bad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knows a quick way to get money. But he's, he's like, if you just let me give you some tips. And his wife's like, I'm not going near it. You know what gambling did for you. Um, gambling on the very sport he's going to go undercover in. Mm-hmm. So that's his kind of flaw. Okay, yeah, good. What is Van Damme's name in this? It's got to be, obviously, European flavour, doesn't it? So what about yeah. Jean-Jacques Hattrick? <laughs> Hattrick. Yeah. Hat- but obviously it's spelled Hattrick. Hattrick. <laughs> Yeah, Jean-Jacques Hattrick. Okay, Jean-Jacques Hattrick. Um, so he gets signed up in a kind of supporting position. Now, I think at this point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw down a hard rule here. At no point in this film, or indeed in this podcast, do we make any attempt to explain the rules of this game. Okay. It's never clear. Okay. There are multiple goals. Yeah. The... <clears throat> The um, I like the idea that the the pitch is a figure of eight shape, <laughs> but it's got ramps that go up above it yeah. and two square like arena, almost like um, UFC rings in the in the in the middle holes of the eights yeah. either end. Um, and there are holes in the floor. There are metal balls. Yeah. There are spikes and flames that come out. Yeah, because it's the future. There needs to be mad, yeah. ba- mad bastards on motorbikes as well who just appear. Yeah, everyone's got and, yeah and spikes yeah. on their shoulders. There are there are so yeah on your team. I think there is there's a seven. It's a seven person team. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have the one who's the leader who's called the frontliner. Yep. Then you have uh, two runners. Mm-hmm. Two uh, ball jockeys who <laughs> yeah. have who have the balls. Yeah. <clears throat> you then have a left snipe and a right snipe, and they have rifles mm. and they shoot at the other team. Yeah. Okay. And that's that's the team. The the refs are there's a ref on like a floating platform, mm. like a crane arm, who goes over and he shouts out things, um, and uh, rather than give out red or yellow cards, basically mm. they're they're their outfit, I'm thinking kind of like um, th- their outfits are like Lycra gym stuff. So they're, they're short Lycra shorts, but that go into a, almost like a swimsuit. They're, they're over the shoulder straps yeah. into shorts. Okay. Um, it, it's kind of like when he fights, uh, when Van Damme fights a guy in a swimming pool in AWOL, mm. um, he's wearing that. But then they've got knee pads, one shoulder pad, and uh, a crash helmet like a boxing kind of protective helmet and almost like a laser tag box on the front of, of their, of their like stuff. Yeah. And basically if anyone does a foul, it, it lights up and electrocutes them. 
And if it's a yellow card, it glows yellow and they get electrocuted and, they, and they're stunned. If it's red, um, they are knocked unconscious and dragged off. Yeah. But then I think there's also people on kind of like rubber cords, mm. almost like bungee ropes who come in with flamethrowers and bouncing around over top and sort of swinging around. And then, like I said, there's people on motorbikes that drive in and kind of move people and, and shove people off. That's the sport. Can you have a linesman uh, as well with a, with a jetpack? He just flies yes. in and out, and uh, just all of a sudden you think the referee, you've got, the referee has not noticed something, and all of a sudden this linesman on a, on a, with a jetpack comes along, and then he, he's, you know, he, he pulls you up on something, and he's, he's got a flamethrower or a laser. Totally. Totally. One game goes on for a week. So there's like day one, they play a section and they go back and day two, they play another section with the same team. So they don't, so we're only really following one game. Mm. Um, And it's massively corrupt as well, isn't it? Massively corrupt. Okay. Um, So the fact that this, uh, I can forgot line, I I forgot what I called him. Um, The the line runner, um, was killed. He wasn't shot because he could have been shot by one of one of the opposing players. Um, he exploded. He just blew up. Right. The the ref stunned him. Mm. Instead of stunning him, he he literally exploded. That's an opening scene, isn't it? Yeah, you have this sport, and then he starts to electrocute, and then the the ref's like, "I can't stop it," and he just blows up mm. uh, chunks of flesh everywhere. <laughs> so Van Dam comes in. He obviously um, uh, upsets the team because who is this guy? We've not seen him. Mm. Uh, he's not going to fit in with the team um, uh, and so on and so forth. And uh, um, he obviously, and I think there's going to be one guy there who's shooting for the line runner position Mm. who hates Van Damme and he's trying to get him and he kind of tries to bully him in the shower and stuff like that. Um, Now, of course, over the, over the course of this, we're not going to find how corrupt this place is. But Van Damme's obviously going to become the best line runner in in the game. Absolutely, he's going to win the respect of the team. So we're actually going to get the cheer moment where they where they've scored the final point and win the game. He will also his wife will also bet on the game and win a fortune. Yeah. Um, and and the final game they'll be watching at home. Um, not only watching him risk his life, but um, the fact that the reward is imminent. Um, and there'll be a point where he's going to – so I know this is kind of treading on the toes of last week's mm. um, Dolph Lundgren thing, but I'm still seeing the bad guy up in the, in the, in the box, in the viewing platform, and Van Damme's getting electrocuted by the, the laser tag thing, yeah. and it's, it's getting intense. He's about to explode, but he's re-rigged it, and uh, um, the entire viewing box explodes and chunks of flesh rain down on the crowd. Beautiful. I've got, in my head, I've got the, I've yep. got the bad guy in my head. So, go on, yes, corrupt. go for it. He's, got, he's, he's corrupt. So, there's yeah. like a, an evil Vince McMahon style kind of person behind it. I think yeah. it needs to be Michael Ironside. Yeah. I think he needs to wear an eye patch. And yeah. for some reason, he's got an eagle that lands on his shoulder every time he's in shot. But the eagle yeah. has no purpose whatsoever just that he stood there with looking maniacal, folded arms, looking out at the crowd, and then with a smile on his face, and an eagle lands on his shoulder. And yeah. He's, he's got this on his um, shoulder. I think, I think the eagle should be, like in Blade Runner, it should be a synthetic <clears throat> android eagle. Yeah. 
Um, but no one ever really talks about that. Can he have a female cyborg assistant? Yes, yes, he can. Can she be so really a, muscly a as well? Female, she be like huge? A female bodybuilder. Yeah. yeah, no, like a proper, like, Miss Universe kind of proper ripped. Not yeah. an actress. No. We just head down to Muscle Beach. Yeah. Get her. We're going to give her a proper big 80s haircut. Mm-hmm. Get her in a in a kind of metal bikini thing, mm-hmm. and she just kind and she's got one robotic eye and maybe a metal glove. Okay. Um, yeah, um, I think this is going to be great because it's got all your classic stuff mm-hmm. in there. It's going to be plenty of changing opportunities for Van Damme to get his ass out. Yeah, he nice. can do the splits and dodge a ball. Yeah. Now this is something else that I think happens in a lot of Van Damme films, and it happens in in Death Warrant, is where he gets blinded. Hmm. Yeah. Now, obviously, that happens in, I believe, Bloodsport, where Bolo Young throws Justin Nice. But in Death Warren, there's a bit where the Sandman throws him somewhere. And when he gets up, he's walking around like he's blind, mm. but he's not. So there'll be a point where I think one of the competitors blinds him as well. Um, can I just say as well, I think the person on his team who hates him, who he has to get the respect by winning the game, is Brian Thompson. The guy who's the uh, thug at the start of Terminator. Yes. He's the, um, the alien bounty hunter in X-Files. Uh, he's been in Buffy a few times because he looks that kind of character. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think this is great. I think as well, going back to your bit where at the end he ex- explodes the top box. So the, the Michael Ironside's character, the eagle, who I think mm-hmm. um, yeah. has, a, has a camera for a head. So like Laserbeak from Transformers. Um, and the, yes. the cyborg woman, they explode. But at the same time, it cuts back to his wife, who, as she's realised she's won the money, but because it's the future, but because it's set, it's filmed in the early 90s, and this mm. is their idea of the future, that the money just appears at her house, like in one of those big tubes that you put money in in offices, and it just opens up and rains money down on there. So as you, the, the bad guys explode, it cuts to her, and she gets covered in money, and it freeze frames there, and she's laughing... And yeah, gambling's great. Hallelujah. Well done, everyone. Yeah. Now, I, I like the idea as well. That, so Michael Ironside, can he have, can we give him a set of false really white teeth, right? And he's going to be on camera a lot because obviously he's a showman. He's running this kind of business. He needs to have a catchphrase that he always kind of, not quite, I'd buy that for a dollar, mm-hmm. but he always sort of says in the camera when he's being interviewed and winks. And every time he says the catchphrase, the the eagle makes the, makes the noise of an eagle what? as well in the background. Like, what about? So I'm trying to think of a catchphrase like... What about new balls, gone. please? <laughs> and then yes. he just starts there the game, the game, all the balls come out of all the holes. <laughs> yep. New balls, please. <laughs> And yeah, so every time you think you're like, you, 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 that will buy you, that will buy you a lot of balls. Yes, there you he, go. Yeah, so he, he announces it with new balls, please. But yeah. he always say, and that will buy you a lot of balls. Yeah. <laughs> um, Perfect. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then, so then, before Van Dam blows him up, so there could be a moment where Van Dam's getting electrocuted. <laughs> Michael Ironside is is proper happy. Um, the the henchwoman at this point is dead because Van Dam. She's been drafted onto the other team. Yeah, okay. And he's killed her, Yeah. Um, which is why he's being electrocuted. And he looks up at Michael Ironside 
and he reverses the polarity and and Michael Einstein's like oh no what's this going to ha- what's going to happen now and van dam says balls to you and that's when he explodes amazing balls to you and he blows up amazing yeah now sudden death obviously is a fitting title but i think this this film has outgrown the title sudden death I think you're right i think you're right i think i think he's got to have balls in there mm. as a title um balls of death death balls Hot balls. <laughs> Hot balls. <laughs> Sorry, I'm putting my foot down. It's called hot balls. Okay. <laughs> I can't argue maybe, with that. Maybe, maybe let's, let's say, just, just for our own sense of logic, maybe sudden death in another country was released under a different title. Yeah, okay. Right? Like death cage or whatever. Yeah. Or cage of fists. And so when this sudden death got released over there mm. or released over here, they had to change the name to Hot Balls what, to avoid confusion. What I, I can't have we named the sport? What what what, what are we calling the sport? Oh, um, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> See, part of me wants to just confuse the matter even more and call it something like laser cricket. <laughs> 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 what, um, what about um I know it's a James Bond film, but something like Thunderballs. Yeah. Or Thunderbowl. Death Bowl? <laughs> These are all good. How about no? I you know what? They refer to it under a different name every time they mention it. Okay. Yeah. Every yeah. time it comes up, it's just it's a slight variation. It goes from uh Death Ball to Death Bowl, to, to Thunder Bowl, back to Thunder Bowl. Then it's just, thund- it just, thund- it just evolves. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Because I'm thinking of yeah. tagline. I'm thinking something like, it takes bowls to play bowls, but Van Damme's bowls are bigger than most because his bowls are bowls of steel. And it just carries yes. on like that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, can at one point as well, the coach say to him, um, the balls have been inside you all along. <laughs> These aren't the balls. The yeah. balls are in you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. There's one more thing actually we didn't include and we could include. So in Sudden Death, what no. I, the, the overriding mm. thing I remember about that film is he fights a mascot, which is yes, he fights a penguin. Now, I think it'd be good to have something like that back in this film. So there's lots of – when you look back at sports, certainly football – um, like at tournaments, there's some weird mascots. So if you take mm. the World Cup, for instance, Italian United, they had the the green and white and red stick man that looked ridiculous. Yeah. I think in Mexico 86 was Naranjito, which is a giant orange. Yeah. So could we have a ridiculous mascot that he fights during this film that's so stupid, that he looks so ridiculous? Yeah. I, I I'll be honest... When you said that, my immediate mind went to a crab. Because a crab goes out sideways yeah. rather than lengthways. Okay. So, and it would have one big pincer <laughs> that keeps kind of bouncing up and down. Now, the other thing I like the idea of, if, if we were making this in the 90s, mm-hmm. there would be the kind of sign girls, you know, yeah. the ring girls. There'd be women in bikinis, styling it off. Yeah. 
absolutely. And if we wanted to be authentic, we could do that. But I, I, I think we he he starts to flirt with a, a very attractive woman who we kind of set up as being a kind of ringside girl. Mm. And she goes, I'm just going to get changed in my outfit. And she's the mascot. So all the, all the hot women are inside the big foam outfits. Okay, yeah. Um, and he doesn't fight the crab. Actually, where are you going with this? <laughs> um, he has a really prolonged slow motion sex scene. But while she's still in the outfit, in the shower. Yeah. Okay. It, they go all around the changing room. They go into the hot tub, into yeah. the shower. <laughs> and this this costume's getting heavier and wetter <laughs> until it's just this soggy kind of foam mess. Um Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'd like to i I'd like to see that. Amazing. I'd yeah, like let's to see do that. Let's do that. I'd like to see Van Damme fuck a giant foam crab. Um, so at the end of it, he looks up, you know Van Damme quite, can't quite deliver a one liner. He's ne- he never yeah. got that down pat, did he? He's always a bit delayed. Yeah. Could he look at the camera and go, ah, now I've got crabs or something like that? And it's just yeah, I mean, so I'm, crap. Yeah. You, could, you couldn't let that go. No. Yeah. I, I, I thought it would all, always be a bad thing to have crabs and they laugh um, and he carries on having sex <laughs> up against the locker. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah abs- 100%. There yeah. you go. Um, a phone crab. Um, I'm in. Um, this is great. This is great. So we've Amazing. done it again. I mean, I'm going to get myself a big red phone because any minute Hollywood is going to ring and ask us to pitch the next Fast and Furious movie. I, I think they already, they've already they already on us. I think now they've, they've tapped us and we're going to see all this coming out now. If I, if I see Vin Diesel fuck a crab in the next Fast and Furious, I'm going to be furious. Justice. Justice. So now it's all left is to kind of pluck from uh, Death Brom what we've learned about law enforcement and uh, what we can learn from these films. I think I'm going to go first on this. I think it's very, very clear um, that you uh, should, I think, and I think it's missing from most police films, and this is the one fix, is that it should be absolute law that a police officer must, as much as trying to bring, to protect and serve and to, to uphold the law, you know, whether they do that in real life or not, they mm. should have to make the office a fun place. They yeah. should enter with a smile. They should high five and chat to each other. Just <clears throat> the, 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 the ball pen at a police station should be, a fun, fun, cheery place. Absolutely. It should be clean, it should be brightly lit, and everyone should have, be having a lovely time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It would be a better place if you did that. Yeah. Anything I, else that you would, think, you would add? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you ever get taken into an office and there's three sleazy-looking lawyer-type men sat there and they say to you, right, You've had some vague experience of undercover work. We're going to put you in a prison. Are you in? Mm. You say yes. Yeah, absolutely. What could go yeah. wrong? Um, and I, I'm going to add a, a subsection here, which isn't actually for the Justice 101 manual. This is for a manual for people who want to be legal secretaries. If your boss asks you to work with an undercover officer, read the small print, 
because you're probably going to have to put out in a in a caravan or Winnebago. Just make sure you're happy with that before you sign on. They write it very, very small, um, but read it um, because, you know, once you've signed those terms and conditions, you've got to have sex with the undercover officer in a um, recreational vehicle. Legally bound um, to do it. Legally bound. So just, just a, a word of warning for all you legal secretaries out there thinking it might be a good career move. Well, we've done it again. We've, we've, we've done a, an absolutely uh, a detailed and precise and comprehensive critical dissection of the film Death Warrant. We've pitched an absolute banger um, that I now, I'm happy we've done it, but I now feel worse that that doesn't exist in the world, mm-hmm. that Hot Balls is not really a film. Um, and we've added another couple of rules to the uh, uh, guide to policing. And as good as that is, we're only going to have to top it next week. So it's, we've just made ourselves our lives harder for ourselves. But you know, that's that's what we that's do. What, that's what we yeah. Do. That's that's what we're here for. We do it so that you pricks don't have to. Exactly. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, I've got to go anyway because there's a Winnebago just pulled up on my drive. <laughs> I you didn't read the small print, did you? I didn't. I think I'm legally advised to go in there now, face whatever's in there. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, God oh well. Bye bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>